Welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect, a sports podcast. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me. We got a Super Bowl recap show today. Myself and Chris Miller. Tom Brady is a seven-time Super Bowl champ. His Bucks take out the Chiefs 31-9 in Super Bowl 54. We've got a recap of the game, how the Bucks were so dominant, the defensive effort by Todd Bowles and his unit, and what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich cooked up for the Bucks offense that saw touchdowns by Antonio Brown and uh, two by Rob Gronkowski, to uh, name a few. So we got a lot to talk about of the Super Bowl, what's next for the Chiefs, and what went wrong for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, and why Tyreek Hill was MIA, and if the defense needs to rebuild as well. We talk a little legacy of the quarterbacks in this game, Brady and Mahomes, and give our thoughts on the Hall of Fame class that was announced, headlined by Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. Chris Miller on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, football season's over. We're all sad about that, but uh, the only way we're going to get through it is to wrap it up here on the Money Mitch Effect with Chris Miller one final time. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining the show. I think we're also going to just record a generic Tom Brady as champ that we could, uh, segment that we could just play forever. For the next <laughs> years. I mean, we might as well, right? <laughs> yeah, just um, put it on repeat. He's now got four <laughs> Super Bowls after he turned 37. I don't know. Can you imagine Tom Brady won the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> I just he, you can loop that from you know from here to eternity. It's pretty nuts. Uh, first of all, again, thanks for joining the show. We got the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl, and we didn't get a good game, which was uh, unfortunate. I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I thought the Chiefs would win. Was wrong on that one, and uh, we can get into the game itself. Mm-hmm. But just off the off the top, Chris, I don't think a Bucks victory shocked anyone. It is Tom Brady, and their defense was playing really good. But the lack of a competitive game, especially in the second half, and the lack of any touchdowns by the Chiefs is what really shocked me. Yeah, a hundred percent. But you know, I mean, the Bucks, the Chiefs, they played earlier in the season. The Chiefs basically. They shellacked them. The Bucks ended up coming back and making it closer. But let's be honest, they 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 basically whooped up on them, and then the Chiefs slowed down. And I think the Bucks really took that loss personal, and I think they took a lot of the hype around the Chiefs very personal. And Tom Brady is a very hard quarterback to beat more than once in a season. And honestly, like. Everyone wants to talk about Brady. Everyone, you know, he got the MVP. Awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about Todd Bowles. That defense was as near perfect as they could have been prepped for that game to keep the the Chiefs one of the highest scoring, if not the highest scoring offense in the NFL out of the end zone in the Super Bowl. It was phenomenal. They held the nine points. It's ridiculous. They, uh, Props to Bulls for sure for the game plan and really, you know, Tyreek Hill gashed them completely when they played. You know, multiple touchdowns in the first half was factor this game. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to give credit to the play. I know, and I know part of it is, you know, coaches versus players. Like, everybody deserves credit for this. We started to see the second half of this season in the playoffs how just unbelievably talented that Bucks defense is. I mean, when you talk about White and Barrett and the secondary with young guys like Winfield stepping up and, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, yeah. they were able to, and part of this was the Chiefs' O-line injuries, which were just brutal, but they were able to get pressure, 
without having to blitz a lot of guys, which is an underrated part of this. It's what actually, you know, that Giants team that beat Brady way back when, that's what they were able to do in, in the perfect season that got dashed was get pressure without blitzing. So you can have more guys back to help into coverage. But, you know, defensively speaking, I thought Tampa Bay just was the more physical team, wanted it from the get-go. Tampa left points on the on the board, and that's kind of the other overarching theme of this game is that it wasn't this standout Tampa offensive performance. They played well. Brady was very accurate. He, he mm-hmm. kind of did that thing, Chris, that we saw Peyton Manning do it a bunch of times where, all right, our defense is winning this game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the smart game. It might not be the best game I could play. It might not be going for everything, but it's playing yeah. the smart game, and I think that's what the Bucks offense understandably so transitioned to in the second half. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, this, again, they gave Brady the, the MVP. I totally get that. You know, and he had a pretty good game. Okay, I, mean, I, I want to jump in here because I, I, I do prop bets every year and uh, broke, okay. about, broke about even this year. But, uh-huh. man, if I would hit the non-QB... Any non-QB in the game wins the MVP. It was like plus 280, about 3-1. to one. And, uh, <laughs> I was really sweating out that podium. Uh, in the back of my mind, I knew what they were going to do, and I thought that Gronk had a chance, didn't really you know, have a huge yeah. second half. None of the offense really did. Uh, and it could have even gone to Devin White. I mean, how good he played. It was, uh, Devin White it was, was great. Yeah, it, uh, it could have gone to a couple people. No complaints major, just me being a sore loser, but uh, it was a collective team effort for sure. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette had a great game. I think he even joked that Tom Brady stole the MVP from him. So, um, yeah, I, this this was, I think, a really good representation of a full team win. I mean, they were doing it uh, – on both sides of the ball, the defense was uh, fantastic. The offense was efficient, not not flashy, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, special teams didn't really uh, mess up. I know, you know, the Chiefs punter had a, a couple of uh, bad punt moments, but you know, so they were they were good on on all sides of the ball. And again, I mean, that's just that's how you win games and. Uh, kudos to the Bucks. They played well. Bruce Arians and and his staff really got the team ready to roll, and they handled their business. And I'm really happy for Bruce Arians, by the way. I really I was really glad to see him uh, get a Super Bowl ring. So really good stuff. It's crazy how quick things can turn, right? They were seven and five after that first loss to the Chiefs. They went out the rest of their games. Arians was on the yeah. chopping block publicly. Uh, mm-hmm. That comes with the territory of coaching a Tom Brady team, but. Uh, they stuck with it. Byron Leftwich did a great job as an OC uh, this year, and yeah, oh, it, Ari- it has, yeah. Arians, um, you know, even in this game, and what we started to see was that the, he—I don't want to say toned down, Chris, but he didn't go crazy with some of his play calling. He he kind of trusted Brady more often. He was committed to the run, which we saw even when this game was close early, going to Fournette and having Ronald Jones carry a bit. Some yeah. things that I think he's evolved a little bit with time and maybe it was a collaborative effort with Byron Leftwich, but you saw, like you said, the total package of this game. And, uh, it was, I don't want to say an improbable run, but you can definitely say unlikely from the time of when this started, you know, midway through the season where the Bucks didn't exactly have a ton of momentum going into this playoffs. It's hard to say, you know, anything yeah. involving Tom Brady was a Cinderella story, but this was still a team that won a bunch of road games to get to the Super Bowl that was played in their home field. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and anytime you go into Green Bay and you 
beat Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the winter time uh, to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a great win. I think this is probably the most Cinderella-ish Tom Brady story that he's had since probably that first Super Bowl that he won against uh, the greatest show on turf. You know, since then, I think we've kind of expected him once he was there to to win or at least be competitive. And this was one of those ones where you know, everyone was betting against him for the most part. And he proved them wrong. The, the whole team, again, that, that whole Bucks team from, from top to bottom, you know, proved everybody wrong. Myself included. I, I mean, as much as I didn't want the Chiefs to win because I'm a Raiders fan. Yeah. I still expected it to happen, you know, especially after that first possession from the Bucks, where they just kind of came, went three and out, didn't really do much, got like a four yards. And I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> you know, the right. Chiefs actually played defense. So, you know, now they're going to just run up the score on them. And then the, the Bucks defense said, wait, hold on for a second. We're pretty darn good. In fact, probably the best in the league right now, if, not, if you know, if not mm-hmm. top five. Yeah, but the, about seven. the only thing I got right, Chris, was that the uh, Underwood hit. I wasn't expecting all these points, and I think part of that was the game itself usually starts out a little choppy at front, and if you do have a mm-hmm. team with a lead like Tampa, you're going to play conservatively down the stretch. So um, you're right there. I, I do think it's it's kind of time to switch over to the Chiefs because this was obviously not a game anywhere close to the standards they had set and what a lot of people thought of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple looking at it from the offset is the offensive line. I mean, doesn't who's back there at quarterback. Mahomes, I thought, could have played a little better, but still made some good throws, made some miraculous throws that were incomplete. He was running yeah. for his life like I've seen very few quarterbacks outside of, like, uh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very few quarterbacks have to run around like that. And I know part of it was the end. Part of it was Tampa Bay's just skill at that position. But it's simple to say is that look at the trenches, you know, all the way from high school, college, to the pros, if you have a sizable advantage in the trenches, it almost neutralizes a lot of what you have in other positions. Oh, 100%. I mean, football, no matter how much the game evolves, the game is still won and lost by the offensive and defensive line. You know, that's the nitty-gritty of it, you know. And, you know, if you can't block or you can't, you know, pass rush or, or stop a run, then you're not going to win games. It's that simple. And, you know, not having Fisher was a big loss for the, for the KC uh, offensive line, especially that close to a Super Bowl when you don't really have a whole lot of time for guys who are moving into positions they don't normally play to acclimate to being at those positions. I, I heard some stat, and I'm going to totally – Watch this, but something about like Mahomes ran something like 500 yards. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw, the, I saw the graphic of Brady's movement, which was none. And then you yeah, had Mahomes, it was just like a bunch. It was a, it was like a, a six-year-old drawing lines, like an etch or something. Is what it looked yeah, like Mahomes exactly. was doing. I'm pretty sure, actually, uh, if you look at any of the drawings my eight-year-old did, they probably <laughs> are very similar to uh, what, Mahomes' what, lateral what, movement in the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, that's uh, you know and. I don't care if you're the Chiefs, you're the the Packers. I don't care how good your offense is. When your quarterback is running for his life that much, you're not going to win games, period. Mm -hmm. And big credit to Mahomes. He certainly did his best to put that team on his back and and will them to victory. I mean, he made that one throw to the end zone while getting tackled. You know, like uh, I think it was in Dominican Sioux or someone like hit him right in the foot. He's going down. 
and he lasered it to the end zone, and it was dropped. It wasn't even getting tackled, Chris. It was horizontal <laughs> with his knees yeah. somehow like a, a, a couple inches off the ground in a, yeah. flat, in a flat horizontal state. Yeah, I that, that throw was incredible and, and, quite frankly, should have been caught. Um, no, I, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, Mahomes obviously was going to get the surgery on, you know, yeah. on his foot almost. I mean, it's not just the toe. It looks like plantar fasciitis, which is not anything to scoff at e- either. I think no. the biggest thing in this game was Tampa's pressure getting on them. I mean, the secondary is, is which is gaining confidence as a result. Um, but also give credit to Tampa in their you know red zone goal line D because there's a couple times late in that game where Tampa where the, the Chiefs were moving. I mean, they got three field goals as well. But they just could not get it, you know, into the end zone. And and I do think in a game like this, you know, a team like Tampa Bay, who had a lot of guys that we can kind of get into that outside of Brady, who takes the, you know, takes the shine on a lot of things. But a lot of players that had never won a ring mm-hmm. thought about, you know, it gets to a point in your career where you think it might never happen. You mentioned yeah. Fournette. He was, you know, cut by Jacksonville and cleared waivers this year. Uh, there's a lot of players in this game, Sue being another one that, yep. you know, wanted it and felt like they needed to have it this year. It was never going to happen for them in their career. And and I do think bringing that up in the context of the Chiefs won last year with basically the same team, not really many new guys on it. I mm-hmm. definitely think that stuff makes a difference, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You tell it just the Bucks just just wanted it more. There was something. In the air, you know, and it was funny. You could kind of feel it after they scored that first touchdown to Gronk. You know, that little screen pass uh, touchdown. Right after that, I was like, when the Chiefs didn't really respond, you're like, ooh, okay. Well, they, yeah, the end of the first half, here, the, right? end of, the end of the first half, and Chris Miller here on the Money Mitch effect. We can talk about the end of the first half of the Super Bowl because that was really it. And disaster for Kansas City, as much as it was good stuff by Tampa Bay. The decision to call that timeout, uh, the second one on third and two, very ill-advised. Yeah. You, know, you were, what, 14-6 at that game getting the ball? Yeah. You know, I think that's one where, in hindsight, I mean, and not really doing much on offense, definitely could have used going to the locker room and getting the adjustments for that long halftime show. Um, mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, while well, they cleaned up the field for uh, the weekend, you know, I don't know. <laughs> was, I got dizzy watching the uh, him in, in the room with all the mirrors. I thought, you know, I oh, better yeah. lie down. But, <laughs> but but there's that, Chris, the, the timeout, you know, and, and the penalties one after the other, which, okay, some of them might not have been. Like, I don't want to go on record as saying that's why the Chiefs lost the game. They were clearly outclassed and outplayed. But there yeah. were some ticky-tack calls I'll put it that way um, the first pass interference call that on that third down play I thought was fair the holding on Matthew that took away the the pick I thought could have been uh, you know other way and I was actually shocked that they called it uh, that they didn't I know they never really call it uncatchable but the one in the end zone looked like it was going way into the into the uh, backstop there so yeah, I thought, you know, if it was holding, that's another thing, but they called P.I. So those were all, you know, cumulative to the to the, uh, you know, drive itself, but not sure. the reason they lost. Definitely some tough breaks and definitely a, a, a backbreaker because that's the second straight game where the Bucks score at the end of the half, take all that momentum into the locker room and suddenly come out with that extra pep. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that clearly changed the momentum. I mean, not that the momentum was already swinging towards Tampa. Um Obviously, 
having the pick overturned was huge because that would have completely changed, I think, the second half of the game. But, I mean, you look at it, this Kansas City team, I mean, their defense has kind of been their Achilles heel all year. They've been good, not great. They've been pretty bad at they, times. They've gotten better uh, in the last couple games. Yeah, but you know, this yeah, is but a defense the, yeah. that, that's good enough to play on a team where the offense scores so many dang points it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, this defense doesn't have to really go out with a lot of pressure on them because they know the offense, you know, if Mahomes has between 10 to 15 seconds on the clock, they can still score. Mm-hmm. And they unfortunately, can. that bit them in the butt this this time, you know, the because the Bucks shut that offense down. And I hate to say it, it kind of goes back to the uh, Raiders win over the Chiefs the first half. You know, they were kind of even going into halftime, but then you looked at what happened. The, the Raiders started putting up points, and the defense stepped up, and, you know, the Chiefs' defense couldn't couldn't stop the Raiders that time, and they couldn't <laughs> couldn't stop Tom Brady and the Bucks this time, and that's the one that really hurts. Yeah, I wonder if, the, if having an offense where the lion's share of it is just split between basically two guys is also, you know, a backbreaker when Hill, you know, was bottled up. Suddenly, Kelsey, who had a lot of yards, but all underneath, you don't really have a lot of other options with experience and coming through in the clutch. Whereas Tampa was just spreading it out. Mike Evans, a couple of years ago, was you know putting up numbers that were as good as any receiver. They've asked him to take a reduced role. He's mm-hmm. brought in, and, and you know they're able to spread the wealth and, and mix it up. And I think as a result, all those guys have confidence. Well, I want to kind of close the Super Bowl talk with this: the the legacy effect of of this game. I think is is not as let me put it this way not not as much changed in this game as as you would be led to believe by certain uh, uh, opinions and takes. Mm-hmm. Brady was always the goat going into this game. Widening the margin is one thing for for Mahomes to even have, <laughs> even have come to his level. Chris, it would have taken a lot more winning. Uh, oh yeah, and there still will be that. I'm on record as I think that's a pretty easy thing to to think that he'll win a couple more Super Bowls in the next 50 years or so, however long he plays. But, yeah. Brady, but Brady getting to seven is just running a victory lap on the field. <laughs> There's no, We didn't learn anything else. He's just reinforcing it again and again that he is you know, the greatest quarterback and the most accomplished football player of all time by a considerable margin. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's no argument. I, now, I will say this. Let me caveat that. Mm-hmm. I really hate the phrase greatest of all time. And here's why. Yeah. The league and the the way the game is played has changed so much because of the rules. You can't touch the quarterback anymore. You can barely touch the receivers. So it's easier now to be an NFL quarterback than, say, when Brady's idol Joe Montana was in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, or going back to – you know, being a quarterback in the, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Now, granted, the game was also different than uh, NFC, where it was a lot more of a – the NFL was more of like a run-heavy league as opposed to the, the AFL, which was more of the pass-heavy. But, you know, Tom Brady is hands down the greatest of his era. Would he be the same quarterback if he was playing under different conditions? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I think that he would still be pretty darn good. But there's definitely no arguing that in the, what, 20 years that he's been in the NFL, he's obviously been the best, you know, quarterback of that time. And 
I don't see him retiring anytime soon. He still looks like he's really, really good shape. And God, he might, he might end up winning more Super Bowls by the by time he retires than Mahomes wins in that same period of time. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it could happen. I mean, look, I, I just, I agree with a lot of, a lot of it. I think that's almost for me like an under an, an understanding like sports throughout time are going to have ebbs and flows with how certain positions are played and that's why arguing who the greatest is can be tough i think there mm-hmm. is no arguing his career i mean you'll you'll probably we'll probably never see another career like his on the football field and the no. the, the other side of it for me chris is you know you can never really compare individual sports like these cross sports comparisons are, are hard enough if it's a team sport, but an individual yeah. sport, it's just hard to do. I'm just accepting Brady as the most accomplished quarterback ever. And there are there have been guys, and there are guys, guys who have better arms, can maybe make more throws. But in the clutch and moment, I mean, it's it's tough to go against what he did and, and how he's still doing it And at 43 mm-hmm. years old. I don't even blame. You know, what's crazy about it is, like, everyone's looking at the Patriots like, well, how could this happen, you know? you let it get away i understand why they didn't think 43 would still be playing at a high level like it makes sense to me this is not supposed to happen even with how easy it is to play peyton man easier i should say it is to play versus the past peyton manning you know arm goes retires Mm -hmm. already in the hall of fame and brady's still winning super bowls it's been five years that's that's insane yeah Um, yep you know, Breeze is going to retire, it looks like. He's played a long career into his 40s, and Brady's just still trucking along. Just yeah. a total outlier. <laughs> well, and one of the things that, you know, Brady has had going for him, you know, except for the one year, he hasn't had any major injuries. You know, he had, the obviously, the knee injury, what was that, 2011? Was that mm-hmm. earlier? Somewhere uh, around 2008. 2008, thank you. Um you know, and they obviously now changed the rules to protect quarterbacks because of that, the new Brady rule. Um, but other than that, like, he hasn't really had any major, major time loss from injury, and that's a big part of it. TV 12 method, baby. <laughs> yeah, apparently I need to get his, like, you know, 200 something dollar, you know, vegan cookbook and figure out what the heck's going on because he's got something going on, and... Look, he, he can't argue. Like no. he looks, if you look at him now, compared to when he was a rookie, he looks like he's in better shape. He like, definitely, he definitely is. Uh, struggled today, though, as we record this with the uh, parade. He was having a rough go of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, admittedly, really watch the parade. I did no, see it was. There's the viral. The viral clip was him walking off the boat, needing some help. Which, hey, look, you won a Super Bowl. You won the seventh. You won your fifth Super Bowl MVP. He's sore still. <laughs> sore, yeah. It hasn't even been a week. Let the man, like, recover. Yeah. I, he had a knee brace out. With, he had the knee stretch thing on, which is great for partying. I need to try that sometime. Put a little <laughs> knee sleeve on. Uh, see if it works. Keeps me going yeah. longer. Um, no, I, I look, the Tampa Bay thing is uh, is pretty remarkable, and I think the last thing, thing I want to say on it is, it is going to, and we're starting to already see it, kind of change the the landscape of quarterbacks. When we were, you know, I'll say for me, when I was growing up and, and becoming a football fan into my teen years, the mm-hmm. idea of a big-name quarterback changing teams was rare. And the idea of a veteran quarterback, you know, going somewhere and making an immediate impact was also pretty rare. 
Yeah. Brady, Brady wasn't the most sought after guy, depending on how you look at, look at it last year. You know, only the Chargers and Bucks were after him. And there really hasn't been much QB movement. You remember the Breeze and Manning, you know, stories because they were just so rare. But I think we're right. going to start to see some, some shifting here. And I think we're going to start, we've already started to see it with certain teams, you know, Stafford going to the Rams and, and if, if Wentz makes a move somewhere and, and all this stuff, Chris, where I think instead of just always going with the young method, teams are going to look at it and say, we can get a veteran in here who knows how to win and we could be a contender right off the gate. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, the NFL more than anything else is, is a win now league. You know, it's not like baseball where you're trying to build a farm team that's going to eventually grow into a solid team that's going to be successful for years the, the nfl you know is all about we want to put together a team to win now we want to win yeah. this year then we'll take a few years off maybe it'd be nice if we were consistently strong like the patriots were but you know what we just we'd rather just get our super bowl and yeah you definitely are going to see some quarterback movement obviously we already saw the stafford trade and I don't even want to get that. That was horrible, if you ask me. But uh, oh, horrible on the Rams. You think they gave up too much, huh? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I think he's an upgrade over Goff, but that is. I mean, they won't have a draft pick in the first. He's round not two for... first round draft picks upgrade though. Well, one's the pre. Look, look. I agree with you, but one of them is a premium to get rid of a bad contract. That's that's how yeah. this works, and that's why it's impossible to compare. What's Watson worth? Is he worth three? Well, the difference being they thought that Goff contract was so bad and it was their own fault for signing it that they were willing mm-hmm. to do whatever it took to get him off the books. So Yeah. But no, I, I see what you're saying. And, and I think the win now league and, and just the idea that you can sign a quarterback that may only have a couple years left to give. But if you have a chance, I mean, Jameis Winston, who was throwing for a lot of yards, but was also throwing for a lot of picks and setting his defense up in bad field position. You swap him out for Brady, you make some necessary tweaks, you you get a little luck, and, and here we are. Now, I'm not yep. saying every team is going to be Super Bowl ready to go, but I think you can start to see more QB movement in the years that come. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, look how many different quarterbacks have already been rumored to be, you know, moved this offseason. You know, Wentz, obviously you have the Goff-Stafford trade, Deshaun Watson possibly on the move. Sam you Darnold know, probably you know, going to be Sam on a different Darnold team. On the move. You know, people are talking about, you know, the Raiders shipping off Derek Carr for somebody else. Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's almost like trying to keep track of, like, of the head coach carousel, you know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, I think teams are going to, you know, do what they think they need to do. And ultimately, you know, I think they'll they'll learn that you're better off for the most part having a quarterback that you build a system around as opposed to just going and grabbing a quarterback and dropping him in because not every quarterback is Tom Brady. Not every quarterback can just pick up a playbook like he did, absorb it and become that leader. You know, not everyone's up at four in the morning studying film and and working out. Eating avocados. Uh, You know, (laughs) eating a bunch of avocados. You know, some quarterbacks just aren't those, aren't those kind of quarterbacks. Um, not to say that they aren't talented, you know, I'm not saying that that Stafford isn't a talented quarterback and could go and make the Rams a contender. But, you know, you can't just assume that because you're bringing in a veteran quarterback that you're all of a sudden your team's going to be that much better, you know, because you don't know if they fit. I mean, the Pats brought in, you know, Cam Newton, veteran quarterback. 
But the Pats weren't the same team this year. Their offense wasn't this. Their offense was horrendous. Now, not all that was Cam Newton's fault. Yeah. But that thing that's a perfect example of you can't just take any quarterback and put them on any team and expect them to be as successful as the same quarterback that they were in a system that was built around them prior to changing teams. Well, we got one one final thing to talk about here, Chris, on the Money Mitch effect with the season gone, and that's the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, uh, one of us is happy. Spoiler alert, it's not <laughs> me. Uh, but, no, let's get to the good. I mean, I, I'm pumped to see Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson in the Hall of Fame. Obviously sure. deserved. Um, you also got your guy Flores, Tom Flores, in there. About yep. time for him to be in as a coach and a pioneer. Um, this is where we're going to deviate from what I think was deserved and what wasn't. And and also, Calvin Johnson, look, I mean, Hall of Famer, yes. First ballot, eh. I'm not, I don't pick, I mean, I guess because it took a spot away from somebody I wanted, it, it might rub me the wrong way. But look, yeah. he, he was a, he was a, an unbelievable talent and put numbers in a bad system, so props to him. Yeah. Uh, I'm just upset Clay Matthews isn't in, and this was the last uh, time before he goes over to the senior committee. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't any of those names that, that pissed me off, Chris. It was John Lynch. That was the one that did me in. John Lynch, really? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, look. I think John Lynch could have waited mm-hmm. that's, that's in order to allow one. Clay Matthews in. Sure. I mean, just look at, like, the, the lineage of the Matthews family in general. I mean, not all just his children, but, like, his children, his nephews, everything like that. Family is football, first off, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he, he 100% deserved to be in there. I mean, you can look at his, rec- his stats. I mean, yeah, he's got so many seasons, over 100 tackles. You know, 126, 128, 103, 113. I mean, and these were all, like, some really good Browns teams in yeah. the 80s. You know, and he was sort of that linebacker linchpin for a lot of that defense. And he deserves to be in, for sure. Uh, and him being snubbed is, yeah, pretty yeah. ridiculous. All these years, I mean, it's not necessarily that I don't think Lynch is a Hall of Famer, but this is the last one. Um, Lynch's tenure in, uh, you know, I I really don't consider the Denver years to be Hall of Fame case worthy. No offense to me, but it was a great eight to ten year run for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. uh, With a lot of talent on that defense. That's all I'm going to say. And his stats were good if you just, I just think Clays were better. Um, You know, it is what it is. Alan Fanica got in a lineman that waited a bit too so not nearly yeah. as long as uh it's clay had to wait um but no i mean look charles woodson props to him and obviously peyton manning was getting in so it's yeah. good to see those two first ballot hall of famers uh as deservedly so woodson for the longevity of the super bowl ring with the packers yeah um, no it, it, it's going to be a great class it's going to be one of the best um but yeah, I'm just a little upset that my guy didn't get in. Now we have to turn it over to the senior committee, which is a whole different process. Oh, and you deserve it so to be upset. I mean, as a as a Raiders fan, I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. I had so many people who who told me, like, Tim Brown, he won't get in. You know, he might get in a senior vote. Uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? This guy, until when he retired, was the number two, number three all-time receiver. You know, behind Jerry Rice. How could you tell me that this guy's not going to go the whole thing? Fortunately, he finally made it. Yeah. You know, I've been saying for years, why isn't Flores in, this, in the Hall of Fame? Why are they snubbing this guy? And fortunately, kudos to Coors 
But Tom Flores in the Hall of Fame campaign, clearly that's what what put him over the top. He should have been in there a long time ago. You know, Stabler should have been in, you know, before he died and unfortunately went in posthumously. And unfortunately for Matthews, yeah, he's not going in. And that's a great point, Chris. Um, Hopefully a long, healthy life for Clay. But now you you want these men to get their flowers while they're alive, and now there's a risk that that might not happen. So, similar to what you said with Stabler. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Clay Matthews, I mean, (laughs) it's hard to talk about 80s football defense and not talk about Clay Matthews. Right. You know, I mean, obviously everyone's going to talk about, you know, Lawrence Taylor and and the (laughs) the Bears defense. But, you know, Clay Matthews was was – up there just as high as they were he wasn't the sack master that maybe you know taylor was but god he was uh you know the bedrock i would say to that to that browns 80s you know runs that they had uh, defensively and deserves to be in the hall of fame i think he will get in as a senior at some point but i agree with you he he should have been in already also glad you brought that up too because we're going to wrap with this that Browns 80s run uh, RIP Marty Schottenheimer you know yeah. it, was a, it was a sad ending uh, it was dealing with Alzheimer's for a while but yeah uh, as far as coaches go I mean we can you know where, where coaches get ranked is, is a whole nother matter we won't get into but his longevity and the fact that he turned around a bunch of franchises that really didn't know much success the Browns got to three Two or th- I think it was three under his tenure. Three AFC Championship games. Um, the the Chargers run, Washington yeah. at the end, and uh, the Chiefs too. That all saw yeah. success with him. These were not historically dominant franchises or, or great situations that he walked into. So, R.I.P. Yeah. Marty Schottenheimer, one of the uh, standout coaches of his era. Definitely one of the best regular season coaches. Obviously, you know. He had some struggles here and there in the postseason, but I don't think I've ever heard a player who played under Schottenheimer who didn't love him as a coach. You know, he I always had issues with him as a Raiders fan, obviously, because he was the coach for the, the Chiefs and the Chargers and he was making his teams good. But yeah, uh, definitely a big loss for the NFL family with, with the passing of Schottenheimer for sure. Chris, this was fun all year. I'm I'm just sad that you know I'm not sad that you joined the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, many times I'm sad we can't win one of these bets and make you go in costume. But uh, one of these times too, I I really do blame. I really do blame Lamar Jackson. We had like four bets this year. It was only two. It was only two. It was Bears so, and Ravens. The Bears win their division, and the Ravens win the Super Bowl. And I think there was no, and the, the Vikings making the playoffs. Oh, I forget that one. You're right. There was the Vikings bet, too, um, which almost kind of happened. Uh, it, it, it was closer. But, yeah, the Ravens won. Was, the Ravens won, you know, a couple couple games here and there. Um, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's going to have to wait a few years, though. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm uh, always down for making the weird bets. It makes, it makes the NFL season that much more interesting. And you know what? We got – you know, we still have basketball, we got baseball, so, you know, if you want to figure out something for one of those sports to, you know, let me know. Yeah. As long as I don't have to wear any, like, San Francisco Giants gear. That's, un- <laughs> that's, uh, un- that's understandable. 
That is uh, definitely understandable to uh, draw your line in the sand. But no, appreciate <laughs> it coming on, talking football all year. We'll have to uh, obviously do this again next year. But Chris Miller, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Always a good time. That's it for this episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Huge thanks to Chris Miller for hopping on as today's guest and talking some Super Bowl action. Great football season. Glad we were able to play all the games and uh, glad it was done in a safe and timely manner with nothing postponed at all. That's going to do it again for this show. If you like it, check out the entire catalog of The Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. We're on all podcast platforms. And uh, check out my Twitter page, MoneyMitchM21, as well as the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page, MoneyMitchM21, is that Twitter handle one more time. I'm Mitch Michaels. Until next time, there'll be more sports talk into the fall, into the spring, I should say. Almost getting ahead of myself. We got spring, summer, and fall. Winter sports gearing up. The Australian Open is in rare form as well, just starting off in Melbourne. Good time to be a sports fan. I keep saying that a lot, but this is very true. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.